This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. We usually get a chance to do this on a daily basis uh, before our broad, uh, broadcasts on uh, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620, but uh, in the Rays Radio Network. But we really haven't had a chance to talk with Kevin that much since about uh, mid-March. And uh, Kevin, uh, crazy times indeed. Uh, we got all the things that are going on in this world. And I know that there are a lot of people that can't wait for baseball to get back and maybe give us a little bit of a respite from all the craziness that's going on right now. But uh, let me ask you this question. I know you're usually chopping at the bit to get the baseball from the time the season ends until the time the season begins. What have you been doing to keep busy since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and having to be hunkered down at your house? Been a lot of family time for sure, which has been good. You know, we talked about it the last uh, two months. It's not a time that I am around them that much. So enjoyed some nice weather. Um, but I think they would they would all raise their hand and agree that it's, it's time for dad to get back to work. Uh, this has lasted maybe a little longer than we all were hoping for, but it seems like it's trending in the right direction. So that's a good sign. And we're getting some more information day to day from – MLB and and the, and the players union that they're, they're they're working really hard to try to get something accomplished. Do you do you feel confident that something will get done and there will be baseball in 2020? Uh, I'm I'm leaning that way. If you'd asked me that two months, I, I don't know. I, two months ago, I don't know what I would have thought. Uh, but it sounds like people have good enough perspectives recognizing that if there's a way, we need to find a way to do it. And like that, it for for our society, our community, our our country. Uh, it would certainly be a, a welcomed happiness that there hasn't been a ton here as of lately. All right, so here we are, and we've been going through this, and, and there's been no chance of working out uh, in person up until just about the last week. So one of the things that the Rays really pride themselves, open lines of communication. Uh, I know we've talked about this a lot during our broadcast. We talk a lot about it during uh, pregame interviews where – you know, there's constant conversations between yourself and the front office, and then it trickles down from you to the coaches and the coaches to the players. How tough has that been uh, during these last couple of months, and what have you guys done to try to work around some of the, uh, the barriers that might come into play? Well, the first month, once spring, spring training kind of abruptly ended, it was pretty easy to stay in contact. There was information coming out, uh, you know, weekly, if not daily. I will say the last six weeks have been challenging because you're calling guys to check in on their well-being and their families. But other than that, we don't have a ton of information for them. We haven't. It seems like over the last 10 days, though, some stuff has sped up. So that's been encouraging. And certainly we've been working uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in a very uh, safety protocol manner at the drop. So seeing the guys, that's been fun. But uh, the staff has been tremendous um, reaching out to the guys. And as an organization, we've done a good job of, finding ways to not just keep busy, but to keep, keep ourselves sharp and, and improve maybe some of our thoughts and the way we think uh, because we've all tried to train ourselves and challenge ourselves with some out-of-the-box out things that maybe we wouldn't have been doing had it not been for this pandemic. 
You know, let me ask you that question, though, because uh, I, I kind of said this in a radio interview myself a couple of weeks ago. If there's a team that might be a perfect fit for what could go on here in 2020, it could be the Tampa Bay Rays because the Rays have always prided themselves on thinking outside the box to prepare themselves for maybe something that no other team has ever thought of. We go back to a couple of years ago with the opener. We've got, you know, different thought processes on how we use a pitching staff and how we use the bench compared to other American League teams. Do you feel that maybe that gives the Rays a little bit of an advantage because this has been uh, kind of, a, in, you know, in, instilled in our DNA here for the last several years? Uh, I, I, hey, if it does, I'll take it. Uh, I think what's going to give every team advantage we get going is health and player health and and, and – whoever's got the most depth, because I think all these players are going to be challenged. We're going to be in circumstances that we've never seen as any, any organization, you know, getting sped up in spring training, then shut down, then ramp back up fairly quickly. If we play, uh, we've spent a lot of time going back and forth and certainly we're prioritizing the pitchers right now uh, because that's how we're built and, and, you know, gradually ramping them up and trying to be just very cautious with the approach. Um, but we have talked about different things. I'd love to say we've sat and talked about lineups and matchups. We haven't got that far yet. Uh, but when those conversations start to happen, we know we're really headed in the right direction. All right. As far as uh, the, the workouts at the drop, I know, again, you've had to put kind of the reins on some of the guys. It's not just uh, throwing out a bunch of baseballs and saying, all right, go hit, go pitch, let's get going. But uh, as far as the workouts are concerned, uh, just like you said, to see some of the players again back at Tropicana Field, had to be a step toward uh, getting back to where we were. But what, what is the plan as far as the pitchers are concerned? I mean, how, how careful do you have to be with these guys? Because you don't it, – it's been different. These guys haven't maybe been throwing 94, 95 miles an hour to another partner here for the last several weeks. So how different is that going to be to ramp the pitchers back up compared to maybe the way it would be the first couple of days of a regular spring training? Yeah, it's going to be different. I mean, I think we're going to have to do everything case by case. I know that Kyle and Stan – We'll do a good job of reading all the individual temperatures of the pitchers and how, you know, how their arms are uh, bouncing back. I will say from the information that we have, our guys have done a pretty good job of keeping the, ar the arm moving and keeping their bodies in shape. Now, like you said, are they throwing 94, 95 every other day in a bullpen? No. Well, we're going to start ramping that up, even though we're kind of going into it with uh, a little bit of an unknown because there isn't agreement, an agreement in place yet, but – we know if when, when it comes, it's going to come fast, and we're going to be asked to get ready quickly. So we felt like Friday uh, made the most sense. We'll have a handful of bullpens there. Uh, and then probably the following week we'll do a Monday, Friday, similar to what we do in a normal offseason when January, February come around before spring training. Uh, but everybody that we've talked to, everybody that Joe Binge and our medical team have, have talked to, They've been outstanding of uh, doing uh, of keeping their arms in shape to where there wasn't so much of a letdown to where they're starting from scratch. Again, I know you are I, I, one of the reasons why we become good friends and also enjoy chatting with you is because you're not really a cart before the horse kind of guy, but you leave that to us as the broadcasters. But does, is is it beneficial for the Rays after what we went through last year with such a, a you know again a season that went into the first round? of the playoffs. Charlie Morton threw over 200 innings. Blake Snell had an injury. Tyler Glasnow had an injury. If we compress this season the way we do, we're, you know, the most innings maybe a guy's going to get is what, 100, 790? I mean, I haven't uh, sat down and put pen to paper. Does that, because of the, the guys that we have coming back from injury, the guys that we got coming back from the fact that they pitched more than they ever did a year ago, is that beneficial for the Rays 
in a compressed season, or have you looked at it that at that at all? No, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I certainly think that's fair because we were coming into this season assuming that we were playing 162. How are we going to balance that out between Blake's injury and Tyler's injury? You can't just ramp them up and say, here, here's 200 innings, go get them. And then with the workload that Charlie had last year and how great he pitched for us, you know, we, 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 it was highly publicized. We, we, we pushed him maybe a little farther than we wanted to, but we needed to. And we don't get to where we got without Charlie's performance uh, every fifth day for us. So maybe that will work into our favor. Uh, ultimately, we got to get on the field and, and see how we can build them up and be, be very, um, you know, mindful of each individual situation. But I think if, you know, you would certainly agree that if we can shave off, like you said, uh, 80 to 100 innings off guys and, and just play with those, the, the other 80, uh, we'd like to think we'd be in a pretty good spot. I know that, uh, you know, we've had brief conversations with uh, Stu Sternberg, Matt, and uh, also Brian and also Eric, uh, you know, trying to keep things, uh, uh, people informed here. And one of the, the brief conversations we had with Stu is that when and if this does get started back up, uh, he mentioned something about, hey, we're going for it. We're, we're, we're trying to, to do our best to go out there and, and win the whole thing. I mean, from a manager standpoint, from a fan standpoint, a broadcaster standpoint, uh, that had to be music to your ears because this is a very talented group uh, that we were getting ready to put on the field here in 2020. And uh, I, I know that uh, to hear that from an owner has to, be, uh, uh, has to make you feel good as the, as the manager of the team. Oh, it definitely does. And, you know, we, we've got just a tremendous owner and the, and the rest of the ownership group in our front office and presidents, uh, no doubt. Look, the momentum that we built in the offseason, uh, that's not forgotten. You, even talking to the players as they've kind of come back in at the trop and talking them throughout the last two and a half, three months, whatever it's been, um, they, they haven't forgotten that. And they recognize whether it's 82 games, 115 games, or 50 games, uh, they, they're going to come to the ballpark looking to kind of push push and build off what took place in 2019. Did you feel like you got a, a decent feel just, you know, a couple of weeks in the games? And I know we were there almost for about a month uh, down at Port Charlotte uh, already before spring training was uh, postponed. Did you feel like you got a pretty good feel for what this 2020 team was going to be all about or were you still trying to figure out a few things uh, with uh, a couple of weeks left to go in spring training? Well, we liked our players. We, we certainly liked all the guys. We know the guys that came back, but getting to see, you know, Yoshi and we know he's going to hit, uh, but how well he played defense in left field, how well he played defense at third base, it just added to the versatility. And then you tack on all these young players that we had last year, that experience and just the reps that they had, you'd like to think they're going to continue to progress and, and make a little bit more of a jump. So we definitely liked our team. It was probably the healthiest spring that we had had up until it quickly abrupt or abruptly ended for, for the right reasons. Um, now, you know, when we get back, we get them built up safely and, and we're going to really like our team again. Did, I, I got the feeling going into the season that a lot of guys that I talked to at the end of last year felt, that that wasn't the end of something good. It was just the beginning of something good. Did you feel like that thought process carried over to spring training? Like the, the guys were, came to Port Charlotte, not resting on the laurels of 2019, thinking that that was just a step toward their ultimate goal, which is to win a World Series. Did you get that feeling as well? I felt like um, 2019 gave them a, a very quiet confidence. Uh, and they recognized that it was a special group that they can make some headway with the talent that, 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 that they kind of work together to share every on a nightly basis. 
And I think they were going to use that. I feel like we, we, whenever we get the opportunity, they will use that to their advantage. There was some leadership that grew during last year. I thought when you think back to the month of September and the second half of the season, especially Willie Adamas might have been uh, one of the best shortstops going in the game. And I thought that despite his uh, age and despite the amount of time he spent in the big league, I thought Willie really grew into a kind of a leadership role, at least a guy that wasn't afraid to jump out in front and, and, and grasp that spotlight. Did you get the same feeling? And has it carried over here to spring training 2020? I, I did get that feeling. And look, Willie's performance in the second half and certainly in the month of September and then the postseason was just remarkable. Sometimes it takes young players to have that type of success kind of bunched together over a 45, 60-day period to really um, get some of those anxieties uh, or insecurities off your back because you're trying to be established, trying to get established. And we saw Willie struggle the year before and even at the first half of last year. But once he recognized and performed like he was capable of and kind of showed to – not to us, showed to himself that he belonged and not just belonged, but he can be a really good player, a special player. I think that's where we saw – a 23-year-old turn into a leader. And he's out there every day for us uh, playing a very, very uh, high-profile position and doing it at an elite level. Um, we want him to be a leader. He Willie's the type of personality that you want. It's infectious, and you want other guys to, to follow because he brings it every day, and he's always smiling. As you look ahead to what could be a 2020 season where – it's going to be different than any other year we've been a part of. I mean, you want to talk about there's going to be no easing into the schedule. Everybody talks about how baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, this might be kind of a mix of both. Uh, it might be more toward the sprint side of things than the marathon side. Uh, have you even started to broach that subject to your coaches, to uh, some of the players, or is that something you're going to wait until uh, we actually get the whole group back together and, and start to figure out your plan of attack? Well, I think I think what we'll do is I think that's fair what you said, but we we got to find out where our pitchers are, uh, and w once they come into spring, where they're at, how far we can get them built up with whatever time we have in spring training or spring training 2.0 as they're calling it, and then see where that lands. Uh, we got to know what the rosters are going to look like. You know, what what are we working with as far as um, is it is it consistent with what it's always been? Are they going to expand rosters? I've heard talk of that. So. A lot of those factors will go in, but uh, we don't. I don't. I personally don't want to get too far ahead of it until we know um, what we're working with, and, and I, you know, hopefully that comes in the really so sooner and later because the quicker mm -hmm. we, the quicker we can start having those conversations. All right. Well, there's been some talk about the possibility of uh, again trying to stay regionalized, where it would just be the American League East taking on the National League East, and I know there's been some fans who've come up to me over these last few weeks and said, boy, it, it just doesn't get any easier for the Rays. We went from playing the National League Central, which might have had a couple of teams that were a little bit easier and, and not worrying about, you know, the other divisions in the American League. Now you play the NL East, which has the defending World Series champs, has the Atlanta Braves, who a lot of people believe might be one of the best teams in the National League. The Mets are the Mets. I mean, you know, the Marlins are a young team. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies are a very, very good team. I, but I guess this comes back to – uh, what you were just saying, you're not going to lose too much sleep about things you can't control that you don't know are going to be part of the process. But if that's the case, I guess in order to be the best, you're going to have to beat the best. And it might have to happen a little more often than, than a lot of people anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the same thing. I think that's fair. But I think we all we all have to go in as an industry knowing that we're going to be asked to 
get out of the, our, our comfort zone. And whatever they ask us to do, we need to be as accommodating as possible. It really doesn't matter who we're playing. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna provide or, or prioritize safety overall. And if it means less West Coast trip and more East Coast trips, and that, they feel that's uh, the smart thing to do, then we're gonna do it, and we're gonna go out and compete regardless of who we're playing. We we I think we always feel like the American League East is a very challenging division, so we're used to playing some really really good teams and some exciting uh, cities. And, and that would be no different in, in if the NL East comes to fruition. Last question. You, you mentioned comfort zone and, and having to think outside the box. I know I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the interview, but I, I left it to the, the coaches and yourself. But from the players' standpoint, I mean, I, I guess our players are kind of prepared for some crazy and wacky things that sometimes come down the pipe. And uh, to, to have to do something a little bit different, maybe our players might be more prepared than any other team in Major League Baseball because we've been there, done that. Do you feel the same? I hope so. We've tried to make them uncomfortable at times uh, for the benefit of the club, and I think a, more times than not, they really embraced it. They grasp it and understand that whatever decision we're making is try to win that game that night and for, the, for, for us to have as much success as a group. Um, this is going to be a little different. I mean, from the stuff that I'm hearing, you know, what, what, you know all just the safety protocols, the reentry protocols – that's going to be – it's going to take some time to get used to it. I think what's going to take place is if we can come uh, to an agreement, we're going to learn a lot in the first 10 days of spring training. And we're going to have to be able to adjust off that. So the last 10 days, whatever it is. And then we're going to learn a lot in the first 15 games of the season. And we're going to have to be adjusted. We have to be accommodating as an industry, as an organization, and do whatever we can to provide – some sense of normalcy uh, to, to our fans and our specific communities. Well, like I said, uh, if there's a team that's prepared to uh, deal with things on the fly and come up with uh, different ways, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. And it starts, like we said, uh, with yourself, with the front office and the players buying in. There's a buy-in concept that's been there for a long, long time. And I think if there's a team that would be ready to buy into anything new uh, in Major League Baseball 2.0 or 2020, whatever they call it, I think it would be the Tampa Bay race. Kevin, it was a, uh, I, I know you've missed talking to me and Andy on a daily basis. I can just tell, I can yep. tell. but uh, we, we, we appreciate you taking the time with us here today. Best to you, best to your family. And hopefully, hopefully soon we'll see each other in person uh, sometime uh, down the line, but uh, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Got it, man. I enjoyed it. And I hope to see you guys as well. <laughs>